This webmasterradio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. (laughs) Welcome to Discount Budget Airport Motel Denver. Do you have a reservation? Well, yes. We're here for AFCON 2010. Okay, let me get your room. Don't worry about the airplanes flying over. You'll only hear them every five minutes. And one more thing. You might want to pass on that continental breakfast. Don't let this be you. Stay in the lap of a luxury suite at our AFCON 2010 discount rate. Our room block is almost sold out. This is your last chance to stay at the Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, the host hotel of AFCON 2010. Book your rooms now by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. That's bit.ly slash cheap hotel. Don't let this special rate go away and book your rooms now. Finalize your plans to be at AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through the 23rd in Denver. Still haven't registered? Then register today at AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider explores the fast-changing world of affiliate marketing from the perspective of one of its most recognized experts. Stay ahead with this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. It's time to get inside with the Affiliate Marketing Insider, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Affiliate Marketing Insider here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm your host, Wade Sisson. Joining me today is Tim Ash, who is president and CEO of SiteTuners.com. Many of you know Tim. He's the author of Landing Page Optimization, The Definitive Guide to Testing and Tuning for Conversions. Welcome, Tim. Uh, Thanks, Wade. Glad to be on the show. Glad to have you. I wanted to welcome you, and I've been having other guests on the show recently who are going to be speakers as well at AFCON 2010 in Denver next month. And I wanted to have you on because your sessions at that conference are always very well attended and and very humorous. Um, Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your experience, Tim, and what SiteTuners does? Sure, I'd be glad to. SiteTuners basically improves the efficiency of online marketing programs. We help you know, more people to take the desired action once they land on your website or landing page. So we do that through consulting and also landing page testing, but the bottom line is it turns up the crank on, on your efficiency. Absolutely. And tell us what your session is going to be about at AFCON 2010 this year. Well, when I keynoted in in Los Angeles uh, back at the end of last year, my session was about uh, common mistakes that people make on their landing pages. I call it the seven deadly sins of landing page design. And I think that now folks are already, they don't need to be convinced of the fact that their baby is ugly, that (laughs) that their landing page has significant and fundamental problems. So the focus is really shifting into the, how do I do this? How do I fix it? So my session 
uh, in June in Denver is going to focus on the Conversion Ninja Toolbox. And that's uh, basically practical tools that you can use to identify problems with your landing page and how to go about fixing them. Great. Can you give us a preview of what one tool might be? Uh, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd be glad to tell you all of them. Uh, they're terrific tools like Clicktail and Crazy Egg, which allow you to track in a lot of detail what people actually do on your landing page. Uh, so this isn't web analytics where you're looking across a whole site and people's behavior between pages. This is what happens within a page. Do people scroll? Do they try to hover over a link without clicking on it? Uh, how often did they leave a form field blank? Uh, you know, these kinds of, their their mouse movements, which can be used to create a attention heat map, if you will. So all of this information is very, very granular. And uh, when you run a lot of people through your page, you start seeing larger patterns about what you know what's wrong with it based on on how they're interacting with your page. Sure. What would you say is the most deadly sin of landing page design? Well, I don't know that there's there's one out of the seven. They're all deadly. Because that's why they made the list. But I think there is a theme that uh, kind of ties them all together, and that is uh, clutter. Too many choices. Too much visual. Uh, too many visual distractions, too much text, uh, all of this just really combines to have an overwhelming assault on the senses, and and it makes us think. That's the worst of all. We don't want to think. We want to click on stuff. We want to get to our goals. We want to uh, get to information we need as efficiently as possible. So uh, I, f I forget who said this, but somebody once said that simplicity is really, really difficult. I mean, yes. you, you, ha you have to work to get clarity and simplicity and uh, so most of us are kind of lazy and we just slap a bunch of crap on our landing pages and hope it'll work uh, but you have to prune it down you have to give it thought you have to refine every single word and graphic and and detail of the physical presentation as well absolutely simplicity is really hard to achieve it's kind of like what Mark Twain said about writing when he said I'm sorry I, I would have written you a shorter letter but I ran out of time it takes time <laughs> to go back and remove things once you've put them there and to know which things to remove exactly and that's why when uh, you know I'm not a big uh, necessarily personal user of Apple products but you know, what Apple has done in the marketplace is they've you know, repeatedly time and again carved out niches for products that just work and are elegant and simple. The new iPad is, is probably a, a great example. Uh, and it's not about adding more stuff. Anybody can jam more processors and graphic cards and, uh, and bigger batteries into a laptop, but it's really hard to come up with something clean like an iPad and, and make that workable. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the iPad because that's something I was going to ask you, Tim. I know you've been on our program before, but I don't believe we've ever talked about mobile landing pages. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about today. Is there a different approach that you take when optimizing mobile landing pages versus online, purely online landing pages? Uh, well, first of all, I have to say that I'm, I'm not an expert on mobile landing pages. We haven't to okay. date at SiteTuner as a company done a lot with landing pages. But there was a session at uh, the recent inaugural conversion conference that I chaired specifically on conversions for mobile. And that was uh, 
uh, the session was uh, run by Cindy Crum and also by Jonathan Mendez. Um, okay. And they are, you know, if you go to conversionconference.com and look at the the uh, speaker agenda page, you'll find that session. And um, those are the folks that I'd, I'd refer you to. They they know a lot about conversion for mobile. That's what they do all day long. Great. I know that's something that's, you know, it certainly has emerging interest and everyone's interested in learning more about that, so we'll do that. And, but there, but there are just a few general observations I can make about mobile. Uh, one is that most people don't actually design for it separately. Um, you know, they just assume that their page is going to work. So uh, I think a quick reality check is to go and see what the experience looks like on a BlackBerry or an iPhone uh, or a droid, and I think you'd be surprised at how awkward and clunky it is, and in many cases, not clunky, but completely unusable. You can't even complete the transaction you want to complete. Uh, so uh, checking is the first thing. There's some tools, some paid tools out there that will essentially let you see the experience on any mobile device. Uh, so doing an inventory is probably the first step. Okay. I want to come back to tools at the end of the program to talk more specifically about tools people can use for landing page optimization. But right now I wanted to talk about something that, you know, from the sessions that I've attended of yours at previous AFCONs, I, your sessions are always highly amusing and it's, it's very fun to sit back and, and watch you analyze the landing pages of the people who are there and talk about mistakes. I think anyone who's in this industry, you, it's almost become a hobby to sit back and kind of, you know, pick apart other pages, have fun looking at them and talking about what works and what doesn't. Is there a landing page that you've ever seen that just had such an egregious mistake that it's kind of stuck out as, in your mind as humorous? Uh, well, it's, 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 since landing pages are kind of visual beasts, if you will, it's kind of hard to describe one. But yeah, in my presentation, I have lots of examples of uh, <laughs> horrible landing pages. Uh I, I, I don't, there's so many. It's it's almost it's much harder to come up with an example of a well-performing page, uh, <laughs> one that doesn't have major flaws. It, it, like sure. you say, it's easy to take pot shots uh, because most people are doing it wrong and often horribly wrong. Right. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind as a humorous error? Whether like maybe even they have something factually wrong or a photo that just does not fit the message. Um, hmm. You know, I should probably put together a gallery of sorts. I mean, in fact, that's what I'm planning to do for the second edition of my book. We're going to have a That'd the be good, great. the bad, and ugly kind of uh, with some examples of that. But <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things too that I wanted to talk to you about was what are some of the most easily avoidable landing page mistakes that you could tell someone right now so that they don't even, because, you know, people spend a lot of time doing testing and A to B testing and heat maps, but what are some things you should remove before you even start testing? Okay, well, uh, a couple of simple things. You need to connect it to whatever you're doing upstream. Uh, as affiliates, we're driving traffic using a variety of tactics. We may have our own site that we're, uh, we're on before we go to someone's landing page, maybe a comparison shopping feed, SEO, what, you know, email, spam, or otherwise. Uh, but regardless yeah. of the traffic source, something happens upstream to set an expectation. I have an intent when I see your email before I click through the landing page. I, I'm kind of calibrated to expecting something. So you have to keep your promises. So one of the most basic things you should check is, 
is there a connection between what you promise upstream and what you deliver on the landing page? Because often they're kind of treated differently. Again, I'm going to promise one thing in my AdWords copy, and then when you get to the page, it has nothing to do with that. And instead, it tries to sell me something. Absolutely. So, so if so, if your ad deals with information more than selling, then your landing page should be more informational as well. Yeah, if you say, you know, we have uh, free reviews of XYZ, well, there better be some free reviews instead of just a subscribe now button when I get there. Right. And so it's it's really kind of, again, just uh, uh, my friend Larry Marine, who also presented, uh, he's one of the top usability experts in the country. I present at a conversion conference. But I really like his definition of design. Now, most of us, when we hear the word design, think of, you know, visual design or pretty pictures or... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, form follows function or something like that. But I, his definition was different. He said, "Design is properly managing people's expectations." That is a good definition, because and, and, at the root, isn't the de- isn't the definition of design really putting things in the places where they are supposed to be and knowing what that is? Well, exactly. I mean, so part of it's not just where it's supposed to be or where you'd expect them, but knowing what my choices are. So you manage my expectations by saying this is what's possible, this is not possible, this is the map of the world, this is how you operate my page or this experience. Uh, so it's, uh, and, and people need to start thinking in those terms. Um, the other thing is, uh, I, I call it putting on the I don't care hat. Uh, <laughs> sure. Most of us carefully craft our pages and you know, if I said to you, well, can I find out about your return policy because I'm a cautious buyer? You say, well, absolutely. All you have to do is click under About Us and then click on the policy page, and there it is. And if I put on my I don't care hat, uh, I'm not going to do any of that. So you have to really build pages for people with short attention spans and very low investment in what you're trying to do. They're not going to dig through stuff. It has to be made obvious and clear to them. And, and most of the information on landing pages fails that test. Right. You, you know, because I remember f- for years the rule was do not put any outgoing links on your landing page. You don't want to give people a chance to get off of that once they get there. Yeah, well, that can be taken to an obnoxious extreme where they, they can't <laughs> right. hit, hit the back button and you can, they, they feel like they're lost in a hall of mirrors. Uh, so I don't think the point is to coerce them into staying uh, – but I, I think my point was rather that when I get to a page, within a second, I need to be able to understand kind of the the information hierarchy of the page. What's the page about? What choices do I have? What do I get if I click on things? Sure. And again, that goes to that notion of simplicity we talked about uh, earlier. You really need to craft these experiences very, very carefully in order to, to achieve that. Do you have any overall thoughts about calls to action and how many times a call to action should be repeated on a landing page? For example, if it says, buy this now and save $5, should that appear once? Is there a general rule for that? Well, it's it's different in, in depending on the length of your presentation. If you have mm-hmm. a typical long-form sales letter, you should have repeated calls to action throughout or at least near the beginning and at the very end, assuming I read down that far. Uh, most other pages should be above the fold. There should be a clear focus for the call to action. Mm-hmm. We usually call it an action block. Uh, so, uh, for example, if you go to... 
um, the attention wizard. You said we're going to talk about tools a bit later. One of our products is attention wizard. If you go to attentionwizard.com and look at the homepage, we have two pastel colored action blocks within the page. Uh, and those, one of those has a button. The other one has links and other things inside of it. So basically you want to focus the eye by leaving the page white, the content area of the page, and then having a pastel colored box, whether it's rounded or square, and then within that, a headline and the call to action, which could be a button or a link. So you're kind of saying, go from white to non-white to bright for the button, and that kind of draws the eye in towards the call to action. And that should only happen once on the page. You should be able to prioritize and say, this is what's important. Sure. So we're not big fans of putting multiple calls to action above the fold. Uh, you should just say, this is the one big, obvious this, conversion this, beacon. This is the thing we want you to do in this instance, and your ad should match that as well. Absolutely. Um, well, this is a good time for us to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back with Tim Ash talking about landing page optimization. Don't go anywhere. More Affiliate Marketing Insider when we return. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Search for solutions Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Insider. We're talking with Tim Ash about landing page optimization. Before the break, we talked about the do's and don'ts and some examples of successful landing pages. And in the second half, I'd like for Tim to talk a little bit about specific tools that affiliates can use to optimize their landing pages and also merchants. Uh, this is a topic that Tim is going to be talking about at AFCON 2010 in Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Tim, let's talk about tools. 
Okay, well, uh, let me start with uh, with a, a universal statement that I think marketers need to embrace. You're ignorant and blind. <laughs> no, no, I mean it. I mean, not, not you personally, no, right? I, I do no, know you, but uh, uh, this is a general statement. I mean, we're sitting there inside of an office, typically somewhere, or, or in, in our own basement in pajamas, right? But we're not interacting with clients. We're not interacting with users of our website or our products. We, we really have a kind of parochial live in a bubble perspective on the world and that's inevitable you know we might even interact right. with people inside the company but rarely outside of our department or job function so um, we don't really know what who our visitors are and what they want I mean you can say well I have my web analytics on and I know your screen resolution and I can IP target where you came from but you know <laughs> at the end of the day you don't really know anything about me as a person right and so one of the things that I think is a problem is we design these experiences we marketers instead of having our customers or our visitors design the experiences and so a couple of the tools that I'm going to be talking about have to do with asking the customers gee what a concept right uh, mm -hmm. One of them is called uh, usertesting.com, and it's a terrific service. It's really not a tool. I mean, it's a tool in as much as it enables you to do something on the via the web. But really what they do is they get five, uh, one person to sit down in front of the computer and do the task that you've assigned to them and talk out loud as they do it. And so you can say, okay, come to my page and try to order my advanced hosting package with email. Okay, and then, then uh, they'll try to walk through that process. They're trained to talk out loud. You see all the screen interactions and typing that they're doing and mouse movements. And, and then they send you a recording of that session. And you get it with, within usually you know a few hours or a day or two. And I'll tell you what, if you do five of these, you're going to find 80% of the big problems with your landing page, 80% of the conceptual confusion problems. Again, these are people that don't really care, that are naive about what you do and what you're trying to sell, and that uh, are looking at it from a completely different perspective. And, and these tools are super cheap. They're 29 bucks per user. Again, you buy a five-pack of them, you'll have uh, great ideas about what's broken with your site. Well, and then, uh, another, com another company called Loop11 uh, offers... Uh, a little more extensive support so they won't recruit the people for you but they're just the opposite you want to set up your own user test you define it you recruit people you track the results and all of that can be done via the web so big shout out to voice of the customer of course that's what landing page testing is based on is actually seeing what people do on your site but this is more along the lines of actually hearing people uh, while they're interacting with your site and having them complete the task instead of just getting the did they do it or didn't they kind of results that you would in a test. Absolutely. Um, any other tools that will help us with this? Yeah, another one that uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that there's a lot of visual clutter on a landing page. Um, I wrote a got a lot of hate mail for a click z column i wrote recently basically saying uh, why your graphic designer is killing your conversion rate but i'll uh, i'll stick to my guns on this one i think that most landing pages are super cluttered and they're cluttered visually and somebody's usually the reasoning goes like this okay we have a new campaign we need to get up so let's put up a landing page okay you, uh, Jane graphic designer or Joe graphic designer, come up with the page. So we put a lot of trust in the graphic designers. 
Right. And in many in many cases, they write the copy even, and they they decide on the layout and the colors and the visual representation of the page instead of starting with the business goals and the user and the usability of the page. And and usually they clutter it up. These are people that are. How would you say frustrated artists? Most of them don't want to be doing commercial graphic design, but you can't get a job doing fine art these days, right? Right. So, they want to squeeze uh, in as much art as they can. Exactly. They want to keep themselves from being bored. They want to. They don't want to do that dumb form with the green gel button for the hundredth time. They want to express <laughs> themselves and think outside the box. And unfortunately, the box happens to be the the vault in which the money is deposited in the bank so they're thinking outside of that box uh, as I basically you know my recommendation is if you manage creative people or if you're involved in the visual aspects of landing pages yourself is leave that creativity at the door and when you you know over when you're out there in the world do whatever you want get your nipple pierced go to a rave it doesn't matter but when you come to work on Monday morning you're there to make money for your company and that puts a whole other set of constraints on you and I'm not saying that your pages shouldn't be professional but they can be professional in a subtle and understated way um, so that the business objectives of the page are clear and usually that's not the case most companies don't start with the business objective of a page. They start with how it's going to look. You're right. Yeah, what, what colors do you want? What button color do you want? And so what we've done is we've created a, a tool at SiteTuners called Attention Wizard that will basically simulate or predict where a person would look during the first few seconds of, of landing on a page. We know a lot about the visual system and the brain and computational attention. So we know we look for contrast, lines in certain orientations, skin texture, faces, and so on. So we can basically create kind of a visual heat map that overlays on a page and tells you where the attention is going to go. And, and the great thing about this, unlike eye tracking or mouse movement tracking, this can be done with any image. So you can you don't even have to be live with your landing page a lot of affiliate networks and super affiliates are using this to actually uh, fine-tune the, their visual design and make sure there are no major attention leaks before they go live with the page. Why would you want to go up with a page you know is suboptimal? Right. And so Attention Wizard is something that's available for free. You know, go, go set up your account and you can pull a light heat map once a day forever. Um, and there are also paid pro versions of it where you just pay per use depending on how many you buy. And they're very inexpensive. So, Right. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Tim, because I'm, I've said this before, I think landing pages are the critical piece because you spend all of this time and all of this marketing effort and money driving the people to these pages and then so little effort paid to these pages and then you lose a certain percentage of those people and the percentage you lose is equal to the amount of work you put into the landing pages. How much time in your experience do you think most companies spend on the landing page versus all of the efforts they put into getting people there? Well, boy, that's that's a great question. I actually have a stat on that. Now, I forget really? the source, so don't quote me on this. But okay. I, um, I believe it's Forrester Research or somebody did a study a few months ago, and they said that for every dollar spent on landing page design and optimization, $83 is spent driving traffic to the page. Wow, that's pretty staggering. Not surprising, but staggering. 
and it's it's and it makes sense. You know, we we basically pay attention to where the money is getting spent. Uh, you know, so oh, I have a big pay per click budget, or I have a you know big SEO budget or affiliate budget, and that's what we're paying attention to. And we're turning all the knobs that are related to the traffic acquisition and how to get the traffic to our pages. But I can guarantee you, just about every page we touch has a twenty to fifty percent conversion improvement locked up in it easy and and the ugly ones you could double or triple conversion without breaking a sweat sure and then there's no way you can double or triple the profitability of your program any other way uh, you're not going to find more traffic sources you're not going to find those hidden gems of a super affiliate that nobody knows about uh, so you're forced to make more with what you have and and that's exactly where landing pages optimization comes in Absolutely, because you're right. I mean, at a certain point, you're going to have everybody you're ever going to get there, and it's just a matter of how many of them can you convert. And and again, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the outliers because we've had improvements of several hundred percent with some clients, but I'd say a typical range is somewhere in the 20 to 60 percent improvement. And the beauty is if you can turn up the dial and get that many more people taking action – the impact on your profits is really disproportionate because in many cases you already have a sunk cost in buying the media and getting the traffic there. So it's really pure profit in many cases if you're in a lead generation sure. business, for example. Uh, so you know you can increase your conversion rate by 50% and double or triple your profits. And that's not at all atypical. I was wondering if we want to spend a little bit of time talking about testing and you know if you're going to do A and B testing, like how many different versions of a page should you have and, and how many, what do you have to do to get a really good test to, to make sure that your page is as effective as possible? Well, let, let's talk about kind of the prerequisites or where testing even fits in. Um, sure. One of the keys is you have to have stable traffic sources and you have to have enough traffic to test. So, you know, if you're doing e spiky email drops or doing some kind of PR-related thing or you're going to get your way to the top of Dig somehow or TechCrunch, well, those kind of activities aren't – they're transients. They're big spikes and then they go away. And uh, so you can't really plan around that. So landing page testing is really best when you have steady, repeatable sources of traffic. If I can predict what this group of people is doing now, chances are they're going to continue to behave this way in the future. So that's what landing page testing is based on, stable traffic. The other thing you need is enough traffic um, for even simple head-to-head -head or A-B split testing with two different versions of your page. You need at least 10 conversion actions a day in order to finish in a reasonable amount of time, which could be anywhere from a, a week to a few weeks of data collection. So the conversion action can doesn't have to be a sale, it could be a form fill or a download or even a click through to another important page, but you need at least 10 a day to do basic split testing. Okay. And if you're below that level, you should definitely start with just best practices consulting and doing a scrub of your page. Uh, we offer, for example, uh, an express review for $599 where we'll go over your page live with you, we'll draw on the screen, we'll record the whole session with your questions and everything and give it back to you and you'll have a ton of good ideas for what to fix. Once you've done the basics, then that's where testing comes in because there are certain questions that 
you and I, as a as an expert, if you will, can't answer. I don't know which headline would appeal to your audience. I really don't know which button color they're going to prefer. So those are exactly the kind of things that you want to test once you've cleaned up the the obvious stuff. Absolutely. Is a landing page ever done? Do you ever stop tinkering with it? Well, you know, there's, you know, I like that. Uh, what's never done is the notion of improvement and continual optimization inside your company. You should have a culture mm -hmm. of testing or, or trying to beat what you have now and, and, sure. and never rest on your laurels. That part's true. But certainly you can overwork a single page. Uh, mm -hmm. What happens is as you test the first time around, your page stinks and your ideas are good. Uh, and then, you know, pretty much, pretty quickly, your page is going to get a lot better, and you're going to run out of good ideas. So there'll be a point of diminishing returns where the effort of testing or doing the next test isn't worth it anymore, and you should probably go focus on another high-value page somewhere else. It's almost like an artist with a painting. You have to know when to stop. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to get better after that point. You're just going to put more effort <laughs> into it. Sure. Uh, Tim, are you going to be reviewing landing pages at the show next month in Denver? So after the Conversion Ninja Toolbox session, actually on day three of the conference, there's a, a new concept that we're, we're doing at, uh, at AFCON, which is a, a paid additional training day. And I'm going to be doing a, a, a morning half-day workshop on basically diagnosing problems with your landing page. And the second part of it is going to be actually live doing critiques of all of the attendee pages. We're all going to get involved and, and uh, pick apart each other's pages. So uh, I think that'll be a perfect opportunity if people want to get hands-on and have their page reviewed to, to sign up for that, uh, that half-day workshop and, and, get, and get some experience with it. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for joining us on Affiliate Marketing Insider here on webmasterradio.fm. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's, a, it's always a pleasure. We'd love to come back sometime. For those of you who'd like to hear more from Tim Ash about landing page optimization, you can see him at AFCON 2010 next month in Denver. This has been another edition of our podcast. I'm your host, Wade Sisson. Thanks for joining us.